0: Thanks. <laughs>
1: Yeah, man. It, it, what's going on? It's good to uh, it's good to have you back, actually, because I did a show with you um, three years ago. I can't remember the month, but it was in 2019, and um, you had just finished a tour. I think around that time, um, with the at the time, it was the newest release for uh, Ted's albums, and you were supporting that. Um, you know, before COVID, obviously. And it was called the um, the Charlottesville Music Lounge. A show I used to do. Uh, it's a podcast, but I had you on, man, and it, it, I swear that was one of the most plagued episodes I ever had. I felt like the audio was just that was off, and you know, it, but great conversation. I remember we had about just you know because you're you're fairly young, man, and you've already played with a crazy amount of names. I mean, we just mentioned the Motor City Madman you know mitch Ryder. uh i think i had read that you played with you know sweet too you know the sweet as some people know him and i mean even more than that uh, <laughs> pop evil uh when did you um you said you started playing at a very young age if i remember correctly like seven something like that
0: yeah well you know i, I started playing professionally about five um but you know, I, I didn't. I didn't play with the suite. Um, I'm a the 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 suite's uh, record label, so we handle a lot of their merchandise and, and back catalog type stuff. Oh, awesome!
1: So you're, I mean, you kind of do everything. Because when I saw you went to Berkeley, also. I mean, I've had a few friends who have gone there, and I, that's that's just a crazy amount to stretch your time. But you do it, man. I mean, how's that? How's that life, because I know last summer it was, yeah, you had, you subbed in for Pop Evil in the summertime, I think it was July, I read that article around that time in
0: 2021. Yeah, you know, Nugent didn't tour um, in 20 and 21, so in 20 and 21, I was touring with uh, the band Sponge for a while, um, about a year, and then I got called to fill in for um, Pop Evil, while their drummer was uh, waiting uh, on a work visa to get back in the States. So I was with them for about a month. And, you know, it's 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 been a crazy few years, but I'm glad, you know, things are back to normal. Nugent just finished a great tour, all sold out. I'm leaving Saturday um, to start another tour with uh, uh, Eric Martin from Mr. Big, and, you know, that's a pretty much sold out tour. So it's great to have things back to normal.
1: Yeah, man, because I've not been to... I can't even remember the last show I went to. Oh, yeah, Billy Strings in November of last year. But it's, I mean, it's finally starting to feel like, you know, there's tours again, and it's not just like when you're going to a show, there's, you know, oh, okay, 15 people here. That's, how was it like changing up, you know, what you guys were doing? And, you know, how is that with Ted? You know, how do you guys write together?
0: Well, we did a record, um... We recorded it last June, right before I went out with Pop Evil, but it didn't come out until uh, April of this year, and, you know, it was it was, it was was a great process, because we hadn't played together in about two years, you know, so sitting in a room together and playing in a studio setting, you know, was, was just absolutely magic, and, you know, you could tell in the performance that's on the record Detroit Muscle, because it's just, you know, very organic, and, and um, you know, pretty much everything was the first or second take, so it was just supernatural, and... You know, just bombastic in your
1: face. And do you like to, um, I mean, you know, when you're wherever you are, if you're on tour or if you're at home, you know, what is stuff that you listen to when you're just, you know, it's leisure time and when you're ready to, you know, kind of like get yourself focused to practice, you know, what kind of stuff do you have on your playlists?
0: Well, it, it, uh, you know, I'm a music guy, so I listen to everything, you know, and usually it turns into, you know, just random Spotify playlists of, you know, Yacht Rock or jazz or, you know, whatever, so my my music palette is is always changing, and, you know, it kind of has to do with the mood of maybe what artist I'm working with at the time, or, you know, um, you know, I listen to very few music as a consumer, you know, past 1992. So I'm very much an old-school uh, music consumer. But you know, whatever artist I'm working for, I try to dive into their catalog and um, you know the the same genre to just really get a, a better perspective of you know what type of gig I need to do.
1: Uh, man, 92 was a very good year. Speaking from experience of being born in it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I love to. You know, I, I can just never have one song that I go to from each band. Uh, greatest hits. That, that's that's one of the best Tom Petty quotes is, you know, you will you would never get to know any music if all you listen to is greatest hits. But man, I mean, you guys I, you know, the first song I heard of You with Ted actually was um a, a big fun dirty group noise. And if it, I Remember hearing this, right? It was written, um, you know, kind of like inspired by um, Jimmy McCarty, I believe, if I have his name right. Man, and that, like, hearing you on there, because I, I was listening to this, and I was like, oh, okay, this looks new, because I hadn't listened to Ted probably in, you know, since high school or something like that, and so it was almost 10 years later, and I was like, oh, man, he's got all new people looking at you. <laughs> You know, just how many people you had worked with. I was like, how old is this guy? I was like, wow, man. And, and, you know, you were connected to, uh, I remember, I think you said Eric Singer um, and a few other names the last time we were podcasting together. But, um, you know, do you, when you were younger, did you think that there was going to be, were you looking to start a band of your own or did it just kind of projects that were you know you were graced with them how does it work for you to accept something
0: well you know I I, I've grown up in the music industry my dad was in the industry um, as a drummer so when I was younger you know it was just kind of always around me and um, you know by the time I was five I was playing professional gigs and then you know just kind of slowly snowballed into you know more and more work and and getting called for different things and you know some you know, having guys like Eric Singer, you know, be a great mentor of mine since I was about seven years old and, you know, one of my dearest friends to this day, you know, and guys like Quirky Lang from Mountain. And you wow. know, I was very, very fortunate to have worked with these guys, you know, when I was very young and, you know, kind of been shown the ropes of what it takes to be in the music industry very young. And you know, now here we are, you know, twenty years later, I'm still kicking
1: i'm dating myself by saying i remember when napster was first around and people were just oh this thing is gonna pass and it's it's changed up to where i think you know there's that's a lot of bands are doing that again where they're kind of living on the road and you know covid that made it so much more interesting to see okay how are these groups going to handle touring and everything but it doesn't seem like that schedule is ever really, like, you enjoy doing it, and it's not to the point of where, you know, you're, you're burnt out or anything like that, but how much time do you guys get to spend, you know, off the road, you and Ted and all the, the whole crew, the people?
0: Well, Nugent, we, uh, this is, we just finished our, our first tour in three years about two weeks ago, and I was home for about four days, went on vacation for a week, left the vacation early to go to Texas to do a uh, charity gig with Ted. Then <laughs> I've been back home for a week, and then I leave this
1: coming Saturday to start another tour that I will get back in November. And, and I saw it at one point you, you had posted something about Disney, and it looks like you're definitely... That's what you like to do when you're off the road is go out to, uh, you know, you could, like classic Disney. I don't know if it's like you know, you are into shows they have today, but you like to go to the parks.
0: And, and yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, it's it's when you travel for a living, Disney is the only place that make is different than you know anywhere else in the world. You know. Um, oh yeah. Oh, so my family and I, we we go to um, you know Walt Disney World two three times a year. You know, kind of, just
1: to, to get out of get get out of the reality for, for, for about a week. And I, yeah, I've gotten to go to the one in Florida. Um, never been to actually because my girlfriend is from California, but I've never gone to Disneyland. So that's what I I love how they had an entire movie uh, dedicated almost to Walt Disney, uh, the, the Chevy Chase original vacation movie, or. Roy Wally's based on him. I mean, it sells. Disney is, you know, it, and it, I, I'm not really like, you know, I'm into the classic movies that were released on there, you know, like waking up in the middle of the night in the 90s to watch, you know, Herbie the Love Bug or something like that. But it's a lot of fun, man. I mean, and you have, you've traveled to a lot of places, and it's impressive whether, you know, you bring age into it or not, but where were some of the best shows you think for your performance and then also for, you know, just because you love the city? Uh, you know, it's tough. Every, every Detroit show, you know,
0: it being my hometown, is, is always special. Um, you know, playing Nashville is always amazing. You know, with Nugent, we always play the Ryman Auditorium, you know, the original Grand Old Opry. So, you know, when you got those, those, some of those historic venues like that, it's always a special, special moment, you know, and, um, you know, so, but every, every show is great. You know, it doesn't matter where it is, you know, because everybody, you know, every 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 crowd that comes to, you know, pay to come see you guys, you know, you have to put 110 percent into it, you know, so I try to, to make sure every gig is the exact same, you know, kind of intensity and, and enjoyment level.
1: And those shows are definitely enjoyable. That was one of my first ever concerts was, I was 13 and I went to, uh, to almost 14, going to see Ted Nugent in Myrtle Beach at the House of Blues. (laughs) I mean, just, it was something I had never seen before, man. I mean, at this point in time, I mean, he's already such a polarizing figure, but there's not a whole lot left, I mean, that Ted's done. So what is, you know, does he kind of break it down of where he has goals for you know, for a year or he's just trying to get to the next tour and have a few of them churned out a year because he doesn't skip a beat.
0: Yeah, he's playing better than ever. You know, this last record, not being biased, but I I think it's, you know, one of his best records in his catalog. You know, just his playing was at the top of his game. Um, You know, he's in the best shape of, you know, his life, honestly. You know, just mentally speaking, you know he's seventy four years old, and you know he's in he's in a better physical shape and, and definitely mental shape than you know most people out there. So you know he's he's still kicking, and he ain't slowing down anytime soon.
1: It's perspective, man, because I think of my dad's concert story with him, where he went to see the Scorpions and Def Leppard, and he was opening for them. So this is I think eighty two or eighty three, and I got to see him around two thousand seven. I mean, yeah, he's. And he looks great too. I mean, you're, um, you know, you look like also pretty healthy. Is there, you know, how do you fit in time to go? And you, you graduated from Berkeley. I mean, how was that? Cause at the time when I last interviewed you, you were in the middle of school still. Well,
0: I, I graduated, um, during the, the, the quarantine of 2020, um, May of 20 was, was was when I graduated so I had to watch my commencements on YouTube in my house <laughs> which was not how I wanted it to be um, you know but you know it was definitely a, a, a long and, and tedious process over the, over four years of you know studying getting my degree while I was on tour um, you know through Berkeley's online program for in music business so you know it's great to be done and over with it now and you know using my skills to you know, utilize other aspects of my career.
1: And do you have interest in, you know, working in any other fields, really? You know, is it just, it has to be tied to music somehow, or something in the future, maybe? Well, you know, I've just, I've been in the industry my whole life, you know, it, to me,
0: it doesn't make sense to move into other fields just because of, you know, years of experience and, and connections and, and things like that, so... I utilize different fields within the music industry, you know, such as engineering, producing records, but, you know, mainly, you know, I'm I'm co-owner of Sound City Music Group, which does a lot of, you know, vinyl and and partnerships with a lot of different legendary artists, such as The Suite. We've got some stuff in the the works right now with Ted that's going to be, you know, the the fans are going to absolutely cream themselves by how awesome it is. Um, You know, so we've got you know, it keeps me doing it that way. It keeps me busy. You know, when I'm off the road and not in the studio, you know, and it, it kind of is my my day job, quote unquote. Of, uh, you know, my life.
1: <laughs> well, it's it helps. I'm sure that you you understand the business side of it, and you you take an interest in that. And I mean, I, I could definitely see where there's an, an agent Jason Hartless in the future for people. I, I mean, I don't know. I guess it's just whatever you're comfortable with doing you go out and you try and get that done and man i mean i remember being crushed because in 2019 i had two concerts planned and one of them was santana and then i have one planned for around i think or it might have been early 2020 for you guys, I wanted to go see you with Ted. So, I mean, that's where I'm very excited to watch you guys on the road, man. And I mean, hearing about these releases coming soon, it's, but is there a, you know, if you had to think about it now, is there a group that you would, if you ever got the offer, you'd absolutely jump out to play with?
0: Honestly, it's, it's, it's a tough one because, you know, I almost never say no to gigs because I just love working, love being on the road. Um, you know, my dream gig would be Toto. Just because I'm, you know, I'm a huge, huge Toto fan, you know, but, uh, every artist that I play for, you know, brings its own special kind of, you know, unique
1: to it. Still one of the best YouTube videos ever of Africa, but they put the lyrics in alphabetical order. That's a very, God, man, Toto, I mean, they've been around, Wait, do you happen to know the year that they started? Was it the sixties? 1978. Toto did in this, Okay. Yeah, I I mean, everybody knows their hold the line for, you know, if you know the 70s, at least, I think that's a very popular one in Africa. Every, uh, every drugstore, Walgreens in your area playing that. (laughs) Man, but yeah, Corky Lang was one that was also, to hear that you played with him, man, I mean, what is that like? Because it's, You know, I heard Ted in some interview talking about where he keeps in touch with a lot of these people that he's played with for, you know, like 60 years, you know, how well do you, um, how often do you get to see Corky talk to him?
0: Well, you know, he's, he's, I I produced his, um, his last record that came out in 2018, you know, so it's, it's, I I talk to him every once in a while, you know, he lives in New York and, but back and forth in Finland a lot, so. You know, I, I try to keep in contact with all my drum mentors, you know, all over the years, and, um, you know, even artists that I play with, because it's just, you know, you never know when, you know, people want to recommend you for another gig or, or anything like that, so keeping constant contact is a big thing.
1: What were, did you have some, because I remember, you know, when I first started drumming, 2001, I think is you know very different from today for i remember watching vhs's and then dvds of these different players you know is do you do that sometimes where you'll you know i know people put on a metronome but do you put on these videos because i know that instructorial videos you have done a, a couple of them or maybe more right
0: well i I've, pre-covid you know i've done a lot of master classes in drum clinics around the u.s um but, uh, and then Hal Leonard and Drum Fund produced an a, a educational DVD. It came out about 10 years ago. Yeah, 2012. But, um, you know, with YouTube nowadays, it's you, you, you fall down the rabbit hole of, of endless, you know, drumming watching. And, you know, people upload those old VHS tapes, you know, those instructional DVDs. So... You know, it's 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 utilizing all the tools that we have access to in, in this modern digital world, and and just kind of embracing all the stuff that you can.
1: I could just I love watching your um, your drum cam videos that you've done in the past, and I could just see the the pure ecstasy in some moments of the song. I mean, like Great White Buffalo and. You know, hey, baby, all those songs are, you know, how would you not enjoy doing something like that? But, I mean, for you, I, I could definitely, you know, is that something that is in the back of your mind to have, you know, a good solo career where you maybe even get away from you're doing any percussion and you're just trying to, you know, like, because there's those famous stories of where, like, Dave Grohl, which, you know, by the way, because, of Taylor Hawkins, you know, going to say rock and power, man, I hope the Foo family's doing well, but you know, the, what's the drummer have to say about something, but I, I could hear you being a very successful solo musician. Is that something you'd like to do?
0: Sorry, where did that cut off? Uh, I, I kind of get where you were going. If, if I would have any m, m- I wouldn't have any ambition to do a solo career, and the answer is absolutely not. <laughs> you know, I love being a studio and touring musician because every single gig that I do, you know, is completely different. I get to play with, you know, any every everybody from Insane Clown Posse to Ted Nugent to Sponge to, to Pop Evil to Eric Martin, you know. And so it's it's every gig is it completely different, you know, and it's. uh it's it's it keeps the job industry interesting and it and it also, you know, keeps my 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 chops up in, in all of the genres of music.
1: I think Detroit is you know if you had to pick a good top three for the best musical cities in the world, probably Nashville, Detroit and you know, people would say maybe Austin, I guess. I in your opinion, it I mean, was it it sounded like it's. It was fun to grow up. As I've talked to a few musicians who are from Detroit and just you know, or any other parts of Michigan also, and they say that it's, you know, it's a kind of a community there. Do you feel that way? I mean, when you were growing up, was there, you know, did you have a certain place that you like to go see shows at locally, something like that?
0: Unfortunately, in the last twenty years, the Detroit music industry is completely taken a, a nosedive, and it doesn't really exist anymore. You know, you look at the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and even into the 90s, Detroit had such a prominent music scene, you know, with Motown and, and you know, all the other, you know, uh, the Grandy Ball and the Easttown Theater, all these iconic venues that everybody under the sun played, and all the artists that were coming out of here. You look in the last 20 years, there hasn't been a single artist that come out of this town. And there's a, you know, there's a reason, because there's just not any... Any music industry
1: anymore? Yeah, it, I definitely. When I think of Michigan music, period, it's you know, Jack White's one that comes to mind, and you know, just yeah, Motown. But it, it is very different. I mean, and to sit and watch that change, you know, from your position, and also to know that you're you care enough to breathe life back into it, it's going to be exciting to see where. I mean, music period goes in the next 10, 20 years. Is there, you know, your thoughts on that? Do you think that there are certain things that we should be doing, you know, or things that we're not doing enough of? Your opinions on, you know, first the music industry, and then I guess, you know, if you were as a, a touring musician, what would you tell a younger player if they just are getting into touring in their first band?
0: Biggest thing is just make sure you 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 do whatever who's ever hiring you tells you to do and tells you to play, because they're the ones that are paying the bills, and you know just be uh, be someone that that can just absorb all type of all types of music as much as possible. Yeah, it's great advice,
1: man. I mean, and you're you definitely have the names to back you up. I mean, having played with. You know, Ted and with Mitch I mean is there something that um, you know they they have a project that they still want to do that they haven't done yet that they're you know like I've got to include you on this record I mean because they seem like they're just you know Ted if I have it right does he have 30
0: albums out now this would be his 31st that he's about to release possibly but that I mean, that's not that's not studio albums. That probably right. includes compilations and you know other things like that. But you know, Ted will, will will most likely be cutting another record. You know, probably in the next year or two. Um, you know, so it's he's he's always he's always working and you know coming up with something something new. But it's still iconic, Ted.
1: No question, man. I mean, and I, I love that you're. You know, I I just don't think that you know, percussionist, I love that you're, you know, what you do, I mean, because I've not really seen a lot of drummers, you know, kind of, that's what I liked about the White Stripes when I first saw them, is that they made it very easy to enjoy their show, and it was, you were able to access, like, what he was seeing, Jack White, and then what Meg White was seeing, that's what I love about your drum cam videos, is you're really, like, you're giving somebody the perspective there and there's not enough of that with drumming especially i mean it just you know watching you like you play along to won't get fooled again and that's the kind of stuff that i need man because i'm trying to play as consistently as possible and practice to some more difficult things but you know for as far as kits that you play what are some of the um you know what's the the sticks that you use, and you know the kits that you like best.
0: Well, I have what you call a drum hoarding problem, and <laughs> I've got eighteen drum sets and fifty some odd snare drums, and every single one is uh, is Pearl, uh, except for two custom drums that uh, James Byer built for me. Other than that, everything's Pearl. Yeah, I played Pearl my whole life, and been very lucky to have. Had them, you know, endorse me over the last fifteen years, you know. So, it's uh, yeah, I, I'm I take the, the stance of once you find your sound, stick stick with it and don't don't change it.
1: Yeah, man. I mean, you you've definitely earned it with their their support because Pearl's been very good to me. Everything I've ever used of theirs, I have nothing but good things to say and Ludwig was, this is coming from somebody who was, that's all I wanted when I was a young drummer, just because of the double bass on that. And, you know, seeing it obviously on Bonham's kit and videos, but yeah, man, I mean, you, you could definitely, I just see the, the creativity in you. And I, I like that there's the passion to back it up, but I think this is definitely something that I'd like to do is, you know, when you guys are off the road again, you know, and, Talk about your your next uh, your next projects that you're going to be writing with Ted. We should do one of these interviews again, man. And I usually don't know how, what the the best exit is on a podcast, but I've gotten a little better over the years. And I like to do my useless podcast trivia at the end, so come up with a few questions. And you know, my first was uh, favorite Disney movie of all time.
0: Uh, Aristocats.
1: Good choice, yeah. I, I was going to say that or Toy Story uh, are always my top two. Um, and the next one was favorite uh, live album. Oh, yeah, I didn't. Oh, sorry about this. Uh, so was the fa- Sorry, did you catch the second question? Oh, yeah, I didn't. Oh, sorry about this. Uh, so it was the favorite live album. Album of any band?
0: Uh, Live at Leeds by The Who.
1: Another good choice. I would definitely say that's a very good choice. (laughs) Uh, let's see, and then, I have, a favorite disco band?
0: Um, The Tramps.
1: Good choice, yes. Uh, let's see, um, Outside of artists that you have worked with, your favorite artist you have ever met? Um
0: hmm. I, I don't know. I've been lucky to meet a lot a lot of, you know, amazing people, so that's that's a tough one.
1: Yeah, I, I think I'd go into cardiac arrest if I met any of the guys in KISS.